my friends. Welcome to the Unblocked Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Smarrow. Thanks for tuning in as always. Today, we're talking about thoughts about ourselves. So this summer, I was on vacation with a group of friends. And as I was enjoying the experience and the people, it occurred to me that several of us were brought together together, largely because of one of the humans there. And I found myself wondering if he knew his role in all of this and if he valued that role. Like I see him as a convener. He's a convener. He's a cheerleader. He encourages people. He supports them. And he invites people into his world. He invites people into his community and seemingly with ease. So I was curious what he thought about himself and whether or not he identified these either one at all, like as characteristics of him, and two, whether he sees these qualities as strengths. So as we were sitting by the water, I want y'all to picture, you know, we're in Mexico, there's beautiful water, we're all outside, enjoying the all-inclusive adult beverages. And I decided to start a conversation that sounds like, hey, what do you see as your strengths? (laughs) As one does in such settings. So he laughed, but he obliged because that's how he is. Uh, And after he shared his perspective, I asked if I could share mine, to which he responded with an easygoing sort of willingness to allow it. And that turned into sort of this round robin style conversation in which all of us took turns sharing our perception of our own strengths and then listening to what everybody else thought were our strengths, which um, on the surface, like this sounds like a good time, right? Like, hey, we're all just going to sit around and talk about great things about ourselves and let other people share with us like what they think about us, what's great. Like, but let's be honest, most people are doing things in the hopes that, well, let me, let me say this differently. We think that that would be something fun to experience because most of us, if again, if we're maybe not paying attention, we're largely doing things because we think other people will think it's a good thing, right? We'll get approval from others. They'll like what we're doing. They'll think that we're quote unquote good for having done so. So you might think, hey, if we're being intentional about sitting here talking about what are the good things that we perceive as our own strengths and then listening to what other people think is incredible about us, it seems on the surface like that would be a good time. But here's what I will say. It wasn't particularly easy. And so while it wasn't not, I would say it wasn't not fun um, and it wasn't particularly painful, it certainly wasn't what I would describe as comfortable for everyone. And even I will note that one person declined to hear everyone's perceptions about their strengths. And later this person was like, when it was just the two of us, they were like, okay, tell me what you think. So so there was a different, there was a, a certain level of discomfort there, right? To Because there's a certain amount of vulnerability and there's a certain amount of discomfort that comes when hearing what other people have to say about us when it's nice, which sounds counterintuitive, right? But for a lot of you, you will know that it might be uncomfortable for you to hear about the parts that are incredible about you and for you to focus on, on it for yourself and to hear it from others. And on the surface, you might again be like, no, of co- why would I hesitate? Why would I not love that? But I want you all to be honest, like show of hands, how many of you dismiss compliments, right? How many of you say things like, oh, it was nothing. Uh, Oh, I could have done it better in this way. Or, oh, I had help on that part. So my role in that was really small. Like you all know what I'm talking about. 
So it can seem hard and uncomfortable to allow the positive in, to allow the compliments, to allow the like spotlight moments on what's right about us because it might be unfamiliar and our brains are wild for familiarity. So if the familiar thought loops are ones of judgment, condemnation, stories of not being good enough, stories that I can always do better, it starts to feel like when you pet a dog backwards, right? When it's like going against the grain, it feels like nails on a chalkboard. And I should say, this applies even if the thoughts aren't particularly self-loathing, right? If they're not particularly hateful, but if the focus is always on what's missing, what went wrong, what could be better, it becomes very uncomfortable then to allow where things went right, what we have accomplished, where we are excelling. And the reason that this matters is because in our conscious minds, we think that we're working towards the quote unquote good. We're working towards improvement. We're working towards goals and approval because we believe that we, that we get to feel good when that happens. But if it's a, not a familiar thought or feeling pattern, then it's not going to feel particularly good when it does happen. So imagine you've been seeking your parents' approval your whole life, for example, and you want them to believe that you're good, you're worthy, you're valuable, and you want them to believe that because then you think you'll feel something, right? Something in the vein of, of loved and whole and complete. So in an effort to win their approval, you set high expectations and standards for yourself and then pretty regularly beat yourself up for falling short. No energy is put into the acknowledging the progress side of it, right? You're not spending any energy focusing on how far you've come, on the strengths and skills that are serving you in the process. And so you float in a state of thinking you're not good enough, even like that you're best, you try your best and it's still not good enough. These thoughts like I'm never gonna get there. And all that feels terrible. And if that's the path, even if you accomplish a set goal, in this example, like if your parents respond with loads of praise and affirmation, they tell all their friends, they think you're incredible, something inside of you will resist it. It will push back against the love and praise because it's inconsistent with the message that your mind and body are familiar with. Um, and I want to share an analogy here, and I may have shared it on the podcast before, but I recently was sharing this with a group that I was coaching, and I think it helps to illustrate the point I'm making here. So it's about a toy, and this is probably a vintage toy now, and I think it was a Tupperware made toy. So it was this plastic ball, and one half of it was red, the other half was blue, and it had shapes cut out all over, like stars and squares, rectangle, triangle, circle, etc. And as little ones, we would try to match those little yellow shapes with the cutout that was in the ball. And if we if if we had a, a, a square, for example, and there was a square cutout in the ball, we would insert the square, it would go inside the ball. So imagine all of your cutouts, right? If this is your, if your human body is this ball and you have all of these cutouts, the ball has various shapes, but imagine if all of your cutouts are triangles. And this is the shape of, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I have no value. When people or events come along and they try to offer you a star, right? The shape of praise, love, appreciation. They're trying to give you a star, but your cutouts are triangles. 
it's not going to go in. It doesn't penetrate us. We don't feel it. It doesn't fit the triangle cutout. So we dismiss the star. We minimize the praise and we don't viscerally feel the love and appreciation because we don't allow it in. And then many of us spend a lot of time focused outward, not realizing that the love, appreciation, praise, worthiness, good enoughness is right there. The star is right there. They're trying to give it to us. We just need to morph the triangles into the shapes that match those stars so that they can actually come in. So the, the short version of this is it's a it's an inside job. We try to focus on changing all of these things out there, not realizing we just need to change something inside of us that allows what is to come in, right? We don't have to do the worthiness hustle. There's no need to keep seeking out more shapes. We just need to do some internal renovation so we can allow the love in now. We can allow the appreciation. We can allow the good, the acknowledgement of our strengths and the rightness that is us. And so a great place to start with this internal DIY project is to look for where you already believe. Like where do you already have belief in your value, your worth, your lovability, your strengths, the things that you're doing well? Because we're not trying to jump straight into believing new things, right? We want to first take inventory of where we already know the truth and good about us. And I have, I have a mentor who uses the analogy of baking. When you're about to bake, you're about to make your like famous holiday dish. You typically are going to check for what ingredients do you already have? What ingredients do you already have in the house? What do you have on hand before you head to the store? It makes it easier and better or easier and cheaper, I guess I should say. So and we're going to do something similar here, right? If you have this goal of what something you want to create for yourself, you want to create this star shape so that you can receive love and appreciation. You want to start with what do you already have on hand, right? Task yourself with looking for the beliefs that you already have about yourself that are somewhere in the lane of lovable, valuable, worthy, and so forth. So I'm going to offer you some questions that might help get you started along this path. And so one useful question to ask yourself is, what's right about me? And I will often uh, offer this up to people as homework assignments to spend yourself, spend intentional time, because I do it for myself, like reflecting on what's right about me. And I can ease my way into it. Like, what, what did I get right today? What did I do right? So I can start really reflecting on not just all the places where I think I'm falling short and what I could do better, but what's already right about me. What do I do well? Where do I get a lot of um, compliments? What do I like doing? What lights me up? Your answer to these questions will give you some insight into the times and circumstances and events when you're in that place of maybe self-approval, you're in that place of love and receiving love, of value, or of knowing your valuable contributions, of knowing your worth. And another approach that can be useful in tapping into the belief um, when things don't when we don't see when things don't seem to be going well um maybe you you perceive that you made a mistake 
or you're doubting a decision. Um, so let's use an example uh, with a decision. Like you want to go on a weekend getaway with um, just you and your lifelong best friends, but you have all these thoughts coming in about your responsibilities. You're responsible, your responsibilities to your spouse, your kids, your job, and so forth. And so these these thoughts about the responsibilities you have are creeping in and making you question whether you want to go on this trip. Well, you know you want to go. I guess the, the question is whether you should, right? And so this is an opportunity to create neuropathways that aren't just focused on the why not and what could go wrong, how this will negatively impact your family and your work. Right. This is where we want to start, again, creating some new neural pathways, starting to shape a new shape to get your, to task your brain with looking for what could go right. Why is this a great idea? Right. So some questions here that can be helpful is look, like ask yourself, in what ways is this great for everyone involved? Like, in what ways is this great for my spouse? In what ways is this great for my kids? How will this work benefit? everyone or how will my job actually how will how will my job benefit from me doing this how will these people actually benefit from me taking this trip with my friends why does this decision make sense right because we'll argue all of the reasons that this could be a terrible idea or all the ways it could go wrong or all the things it's going to interfere with but let yourself spend conscious time on why does this decision actually make sense why is this the right decision quote unquote right right? Because you know, it's just going to be a decision you make right for you. But let yourself come up with the ideas, task your brain, your brain will look for whatever you tell it to look for. So if you tell your brain to tell you to look for what is right about this decision, you'll come up with some things. And also, what do you love about this decision? And list list out all the reasons why it will work. List out all the ways it could serve you and everyone involved. And these kinds of internal conversations start making that that triangle cut out, right, a little more malleable. So then you can start morphing it into the shape that allows you to receive, feel, and and enjoy that desired experience that you're going for. So then you can start venturing into the land of thinking on purpose. Right? So we've sort of started, where do we already kind of have some beliefs and we're just sort of digging around and seeing where we already have some beliefs that serve us. And then you can start venturing even into the land of thinking on purpose, trying on thoughts and beliefs you don't fully believe yet. And here's where I just want to pause to remind you, it's helpful to remember that a belief is just something we've thought many times. So if you believe that you're selfish, that you're bad with money, you're a horrible spouse, partner, child, friend, whatever, insert role here, that you believe that you're not capable of having the career of your dreams and so on, there's nothing real. There's nothing, there's nothing real. There's nothing factual. There's nothing true about those beliefs. They just seem true because you've thought them so many times. And when we do that, our brains put those thought loops on autopilot. So they come fast and easy and oftentimes even without awareness, it's just running in the background. So it's really important to pay attention to our thoughts 
especially those ones that are running on autopilot, the, the ones that are out of our conscious awareness. So they're just back there wreaking havoc. And we don't typically even notice those thoughts at first. What, what will often get our attention is our feelings or our reactions to the thought. So be intentional to tune into the stories that you tell yourself about yourself. Um, Tom Bilyeu actually says that, you know, the, one of the most important things um, in anyone's life is what you think about yourself when you're by yourself. So allow, allow yourself to go there for a minute. Tune into the starting point without judgment, just sort of blameless discernment, allowing yourself to bring awareness to what do you think about yourself when you're by yourself? And then a separate question is, what do you want to think about yourself when you're by yourself? And then look and see, is your, is your answer different for those two questions? And if it is, that's not a problem. You don't have to make yourself wrong for not being in the place where you want to be when it comes to thinking about yourself. You just now know that this is your starting point and you have insight into where you want to get to. And so another um, a tangible tool that can help en route to getting to that desired thought point, right? This is how I think about myself now. And if that doesn't match up to where you want to be, then a, a ladder thought, ladder thoughts can be a useful tool to get you into that place of believing that new thought. So I'll share an example of a ladder thought that I recently used um, with a client who was starting from a place of, I hate my body. So I went through and just mapped out like, here's what some of the rungs on the ladder could look like. Because going from I hate my body to I love my body seems totally impossible, right? And it felt very inaccessible for this particular client. And so so we just mapped out like, here's the starting point. I hate my body. That's where we're starting. And then maybe the next thought to lean into is I hate my body now, but it's possible that someday I might not. Then the next thought, it's possible I could feel neutral about my body. And so trying on the thought, I have a body. This body allows me to, and I encouraged her to insert all the things. Like what are all of the things that this body allows her to do? Things such as walk the dog, feel the warmth of sun on her skin, experience the embrace of a loved one, get up from her chair without having to think about it. Right, So this body allows me to, and then fill in the blank. And then the next thought was, when that starts to feel believable, then she might actually start working her way to things like, I appreciate the things my body allows me to do, right? Because if we start with, here are all the things it does allow me to do, now I'm going to express appreciation for the things that it allows me to do. Then the next thought might become available and believable is, I appreciate my body, And then might lean into when I pay more attention to the things I appreciate about my body versus the things that I don't appreciate, I start to feel differently about my body. I'm open to being somebody who loves my body. I love that my body serves as a vehicle to experience life. I'm so grateful. I'm grateful for this body. I love this body. I love my body. Right, So notice the dance between exploring what is already believable and then stretching into something new and believable, right? And it, it, that's, and we're just inching, inching our way there, right? So you can see that, again, this path maybe wasn't accessible before, going from I hate my body to I love my body. But it starts to become possible when you look at the path here, 
right? Like I might not be able to go from, I hate my body to, I love my body, but I could go from, I hate my body to, I hate my body now, but it's possible that someday I might not, or it's possible that someday I could feel neutral, right? So what ended up happening for her was that she worked on these thoughts about getting from, I hate my body to, I love my body. And when she actually reached her goal weight, she was already in a place of love and appreciation. So she could actually appreciate the body that she had at each step of the process, including the goal step, right? And this actually blew her mind as she reflected on kind of years of yo-yo dieting and, and reaching her goal and her weight goal in the past, but still hating what she saw in the mirror and feeling terrible about herself. And so this is something like figure out whichever, whatever thought was is coming up for you like try on like where is your starting point where is that you want to get to and explore what would be those accessible places along the way again on the ladder you don't try to jump from the bottom rung to the top rung you take one step at a time and so the example that I shared with you about this woman in her weight loss journey is exactly why we want to work on thoughts and feelings in route to our goals. Whether it's the, the goal of body or it's um, the desired approval from a parent or you have this goal of getting the right partner, the right job, the right amount of money in the bank account. If we haven't done the work along the way and our, and and in terms of believe feeling abundant or feeling love or feeling approval, if we haven't done that work, then we still have that triangle cut out, right? We still have that triangle cut out that's telling us the old stories. So then when the new thing comes, the star comes along, we it won't be able to get in. Even if we achieve the desired goal, we won't feel it. And so, but I feel like that was like a heavy pause. Um, but the good news is, here, there is good news here. The good news is, this is exactly what thought work and mindset coaching is all about. We identify the thoughts that are on autopilot. We start to sort out the thoughts, the ones that serve us and the ones that don't. And the, we start poking holes in and we start dissolving the ones that don't serve us. And then we do intentional work like that latter thought that I just shared with you. We do those things to start leaning into the thoughts that do serve us. So if you are hearing all of this and you're like, yeah, I have this internal monologue that I really would like to start shifting, then let's set up a time to chat and just see if we'd be a good fit working together. You can go over to my website, jessicasmorrow.com and schedule your free consult call with me. And also, if you haven't already gotten your free digital copy of the Unblocked Journal, I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes as always, Go get that. It's a great tool and it's free and it's a tool that helps bring awareness to some of the stuff that we were talking about. It brings awareness to what's going on in our minds consciously and unconsciously and can really shine a light on the thoughts that you think about yourself so you can start to choose on purpose. Uh, and as always, my friends, if you think that what was talked about in today's episode might be useful for someone you know, please feel free to share widely and be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Until next time, my friends, stay open, stay free.